Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show brought to you by our family on biasboba.com. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos and Nani Dominguez-Smith. After three seasons of sharing stories for Panay's by Panay's, we've gained the knowledge and language to articulate our experiences, and now we're ready to tell our own. As we venture off into the world of business partnership, we want to bring you along for the ride. Keep listening to hear how we explore our Panay identities together as podcasters, content creators, and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get into the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here at the Tifa Project. I'm your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my co-host. Wait, what else do I... I give you like a million titles, but I'll just, get, I'll just say co-host. I have my amazing co-host with me, Nani Dominguez-Smith and special guest hero, Nani Dominguez-Smith and hero. Welcome to the Tifa Project. So yeah, all that being said, we are incredibly excited because this incredible woman was introduced to our community like back in April. And she had reached out at a time where she wanted to learn more about her identity and more importantly, learn more about her identity in community with other Panais and other Filipinos, Philippine X, Filipinas, you know, however you identify as Filipino. And so she somehow stumbled across our our show. And if you want to listen to everything that she had shared before, I highly recommend that you go to episode 138 on the Tifa Project. This is titled, I'm So High on Being Panay, Outdoor Adventures, Adoptee, Raised in Vermont, and Returning to the Motherland with Gretchen Suki Puttycomb. For this conversation, we're going to be calling her Suki because that is the name that she loves to run with nowadays, at least since middle school from what you have told us, Suki. But without further ado, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Tifa Project. And let me remind everyone the reason why we're back is because her community, her tribe demanded it. Her tribe like supported us on biasboba.com. There was so many people. I remember like for a good two, three weeks, we kept getting pinged. I kept getting emails from biasboba.com that your tribe demanded, Suki, that you come back for part two of your interview and share with us like all the things that has taken place since you returned from the motherland. So any opening thoughts to your tribe, your community who really wanted you to come back onto our show? I mean, obviously, thank you. I, I feel like I have to come up with some way to thank you, though, not just like this verbal announcement. I'll think of something, but no, I no, know no. who you all are. And yeah, like this means a lot of your, your support means a lot because this is not just like my journey and learning about myself, but this is something for you to learn if you're if you're struggling in Panay with, with their identity, not knowing what their identity is, but also like mm-hmm. if you're a non-Filipino. So Thank you for wanting to be part of this because you could just stumble across my Facebook and be like, oh, this is what Suki's been up to. Or you could be like, oh, I'm going to demand be more involved with her personal life. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nani, any opening thoughts to Suki? I think that we have just been so impressed with like the community of support that you have behind you and how I don't know if you were like, hey, go and tell them that, you know, like we need a part two, like advocate for me or if they just did that on their own. But like the love that people have for you is so real and so genuine. And you can feel that even when we interviewed you the first time and we had like 
your mom and your ex-girlfriend and like whoever else was on there, just like people show out for you. That's the type of energy that we are trying to manifest for 2023 and the end of this year and just the Tifa project in general. And I love that just who you are embodies that and it translates so well, whether it's in an interview or in an IG reflection series, like in DMs or even before that, when we were just emailing, there's nothing more that I love than a transparent, genuine, authentic person who's just like sharing their thoughts and their feelings and their opinions in real time as they unfold. The way that you make space for the totality of the Penai, you know, whoever joins us on Discord, again, in our reflection series, like you are, again, so embodying of the Tifa Project spirit because we like to be all inclusive. We like to be kind of overboard with the welcoming and trying to make people feel at home and giving them that safe space to explore their own thoughts and emotions that they've either been shamed out of or, you know, conditioned not to show to other people. You like really embody that same spirit that we try to give off. So we're just really honored to be back here with you again, to be giving the community what they want, which is more of you. So just thank you for your presence and everything that you've shared with us so far. And I imagine that you have maybe some different reflections or just like evolution on the thoughts that you had the first time that we interviewed you when you were fresh, you know, from your trip back home. And now it's been a few months and you've had all these different resources to pull from and further your reflections on that. And I think that that's what we all want to know about. So hopefully you have something to share. Yes. Yes. No, I'm really glad that we are doing this interview. Well, especially at this time, because it gave me time to reflect on how I've transformed from mm-hmm. the Panaya that came back from the Philippines to who I, who I am now. And like kind of just exploring what I'm doing right now with my newfound Filipino pride. So like, it's been fun seeing myself like stepping back and looking at third person view like Jen and watching me just like left and right, just be like, hey, oh my gosh, you're Panay? Well, you should come to this Christmas party. Hey, you're Panay? <laughs> Talk to Tifa. Like, hey, you're Panay? <laughs> so am I. And, and like jumping on any Filipino merchandise that I see online or at all these Filipino restaurants I've been to. And what else have I been doing? Oh yeah, cooking. I've mentioned that before. Because, you know, cooking back then used to be this, like, inconvenience for me. Yeah. Where, as a parkour athlete, I'm just on the go, go, go. And I don't want to stop to eat. And I'll starve myself because I'm just so into my parkour. But now it's, like, something that's taught me to slow down and enjoy the food. And, like, yeah, it's, like, connect with my heritage. And connecting that heritage with my family here in Vermont. Just connecting these two worlds. So food, cooking, it went from, like, this inconvenience to this pleasure to now this financial burden like I've had to stop (laughs) (laughs) yeah I got too much money on food now (laughs) yeah yeah it was all from just experimenting on Filipino food but anyway I love it love it (laughs) cooking has been one of them I like I said to you in the discord I've been to a lot of like Filipino festivals since returning I've been part of the book club reflection series I've been keeping touch with my familia though not as much as I wanted to but still like it's been fun connecting with new Filipino friends here in Vermont, like the trip, that's what the trip did for me. It helped me feel more comfortable with something that I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with before, which was, oh, I'm not Filipino enough. 
So yeah, that's the transformation I have felt between returning from the Philippines and now. Yeah. I want to backtrack for a quick second for people that are hearing your story for the first time. When did you have that awakening to be like, I need to learn more about what it means to be Filipino? And from what I recall, it was really at the start of the BLM movements when you started to listen to your you know, fellow POCs and hear their stories and recognizing that racism, for example, is not just an intellectual conversation. It's a very real thing for some people. And so did I get that right? That that's kind of where it started yeah. for you? Yeah, definitely. Like, I just I watched all these people of color in pain and that pain was coming from not being able to celebrate the culture or being ashamed of it um, or microaggressive racism. And then, of course, the full extent at its worst, like the violence, the aggression. So when I was listening to their stories and I was learning that to resist is to celebrate one's heritage, mm-hmm. something in me was like, oh, my God, like, yeah, shit, you're right. You don't have to be like re- physically resisting in protest. You can just be successful and live your life mm-hmm. as a brown person trying to prove to others that you can be and be happy. And when I mean succeed, it means to be happy. So. Filipino joy is Filipino success. And that's what I got from it. So that inspired me to not only listen to other stories, especially those of color, but to mine, like to reach within and be like, ooh, like let's learn your story now. You've heard their stories. Mm. Let's go there. Like you've been holding off for so long. And especially since by the time I reached out to you guys, my birthday was coming up and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Birthday. 31 was like just not exciting anymore. And it was mm-hmm. during seasonal layoff. And I was like, I have time. Like, like I got to do something with this. Something super meaningful. And that's when the Philippine idea came up. And the idea of visiting my family um, inspired me to like kind of just get curious and dive back into researching general information about the Philippines. And then I was like, showed a podcast episode by a friend. And I enjoyed that podcast episode. And it was about bread. But I had so much fun like listening to my first podcast mm-hmm. i've never done that before so then i was like you know what? i'm gonna try and see what if there's like a filipino podcast because i had so much fun just listening to a podcast so that's where it came from yeah here we are now <laughs> i love it i love how you're like oh, i want to listen to like a filipino themed or maybe even filipino run podcast and then mm-hmm. that's how you kind of stumbled across our podcast and so much has evolved so much this year in such a short amount of time and so we were just incredibly grateful that you just like what Nani was saying earlier, like how you just like openly think out loud and like share your journey with us. And so part of why we're bringing you back, Suki, is because from my understanding, a lot of the listeners wanted to learn more about what it was like for you to go back to the Philippines. You know, what was that? What did you experience emotionally? And also, what was it like to unite with your birth mother? So let's start with the first part, the emotional part. Tell us about that emotional journey for you to go to the Philippines. And and from what I recall, this was your first time going to the Philippines? Oh, no. Second time. Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah. So tell us a little background on that, you know, because I do know that you were in touch with your family. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like you were just meeting them for the first time, first time, first time. You know, you you had had open communication with them um, up until you went to the Philippines, correct? Yes. Yes. So, so before that, almost after I received the first letters from them, I did do this homeland tour of 
world tour of the Philippines with a bunch of other families that had adopted Filipinos back in middle school. But I was still not interested. So even though I witnessed my new Filipino friends in that whole world tour visit their orphanages, and I visited mine too, but like still, like it just never connected for me to like question more about my biological family or connect with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know because that was before after I got the, their letter though. But yes, when I did get a letter, when I sent the search party, sent out the search party, we stayed in touch through letter before social media. And then when social media came along, my first sister contacted me on Facebook. And mm. they connected, but very like on and off. But I guess where we should really go to is like starting with the story of my birth mother. And I think, yeah, I think that will flow from there. So her name's Naima, Bruce is Ramirez. And she used to work as I think a housekeeper or like she did the laundry for the orphanage that I was born in, or that I was not born in, but like that I was adopted from. And that's how she got me adopted. Wow. Unfortunately, I'm not the child of her husband. He actually died like a couple years before I was born. And at first it was, everyone was telling me, or at least documents were saying that it was by like automobile accident. But I found wow. like this hidden document amongst my pile here that he was actually stabbed like multiple times. So um, this like, this crazy oh my gosh. mixed messages and mixed conflicting stories. Yeah, they were trying to like cover the, cover the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And and even Mila, when she saw the document when I showed her, she was like, she was like, I, uh, what? I was told automobile, or no, or no, the document said automobile, but she knew it. Was, she knew it was stabbing. So it was mm-hmm. just weird that two different documents say two different causes of death. So anyway, that happened to him. I was born a couple years later, and unfortunately, I have half siblings, which means that I was a bastard child. My mother was raped one night, and and I became that child. But wow. And so that was definitely the reason why she had to give me up because there was a lot of humiliation against, like, not just her, but my siblings. Like, they were humiliated and picked on. And so she kind of, like, ran away from that toxic community. And when when she had me, she, like, snuck me into the orphanage where I ended up getting adopted from. And she even worked there long after I was adopted. Until they were like, okay, you're getting old and you've done, you've done your, you've done your part, like go retire. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember actually just recently asking Mila, like, where were they when I was adopted? Like, what, were they long, like off site? Like, were they long gone or were they still there at their orphanage when I was adopted? And she was telling me, yeah, the, I remember a day when we were just in a room together and we were just silently staring at you and our mother was crying and I really mm. didn't know why. And then like the nun that was going to bring me to my parents that day, the ones that adopted me, the nun like came in closer, my birth mother and said like, it's okay. Just remember she's, she's going to get whatever she wants, whatever education she'll be fed, mm. she'll be taken care of. So to little Mila, my, my ate at that time, she wasn't, she didn't know what was going on. In fact, she told me later that she thought that I was the nun's favorite and that they took me on a long vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just like, what? Oh, man, she got to go on vacation. And like, wow. it didn't really register until obviously she was like, oh, she's gone. But no, they were still there, like probably somewhere on site when I was adopted. My parents came. So that's a bit about my birth mother. Like, I think about how, how, life, how tough her life must have been. Just for all that, like, public humiliation. And then wondering whether or not to keep me, though 
I hear, according to studies, that 50% of the time parents choose to keep the child of yeah. unexpected birth. So, so there's my birth mother. I told you about the dad. Well, uh, well, let's pause real quick. Yeah. Suki, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot. It, it, and, it. and it's like, you know, when people talk about, for people that are like pro-choice, one of the big things they often talk about is, well, what if a woman gets raped, right? And that's part of the reason why some people support pro-choice. And I'm not trying to get political here. I'm just kind of recall- recalling, you know, these kind of conversations where, you know, that would kind of happen. And it's very interesting that, you know, your mom chose to keep you and also try to give you a better opportunity despite the circumstances. And yeah, I'm I'm a little stuck here because that's a lot, Suki, because you are just, you know, you're such a bright light, you know, you have, you have, you're such positive energy and to kind of, to know that's where you came from. It's just so left field from what we perceive you as, you know, today. So I just wanted to take a minute to pause there and thank you for getting into that detail because like, you know, we, we knew you were adopted. We knew that, but we didn't know the story of your birth mother and why she had to do what she, what she had to do. Yeah, no, I'm just also letting that soak in. And as much as you have shared with us so far, you have never shared those details or that level of detail, I guess. And so um, I feel really honored to just be let in on the story of your family and your mom. And I can't imagine, you know, what she's been through and the life that she's had to live and how just like elated she must have felt to reconnect with you all these years later. And see the woman that you've become and get to know you and for you to travel all the way there just to see her and still be able to make that connection with her after all these years is such a special thing. And for you to credit us at all for any part of that journey is really humbling to me. So I'm just, again, letting that all soak in. And it is interesting. Like I feel just so bad about already how much shame I know that event brought to her under no willingness of her own. Obviously, when a woman is raped, that's like not by choice. And that's something that she has had to deal with the consequences of, you know, for the rest of her life after. And it's obviously affected you. And just to think about how all of that has played out for her is kind of where my mind is going right now. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we paused because my mind's going a thousand miles per hour. And I'm going to thank, thank you for addressing that because I'm suddenly feeling really emotional. Yeah. And I guess it's because I, I didn't know if I should bring it up, knowing that my first sister might hear and I, and I don't want to hurt her. And I don't even know if she knew mm. if the circumstances. So I'm sure she did because the document says that the kids were even humiliated by the public. So, you know, it, I just remember that, so my current mom, she had the documents here about all that. She revealed them to me as early as I can remember. And Mm. when we were in the Philippines, back in middle school, not this recent one, she gave me those documents to read about the circumstances of my birth. But I remember before reading it, the night before I had a dream, I was being sexually assaulted. So when I read that document about oh my the circumstances God. of my birth, I was just like, Lord, I was just like, whoa, 
like felt this weird connection to my birth mother in the weirdest way considering what the dream was about yeah um and i know and it wasn't like as if i was my birth mother in the dream i it was i was me yeah yeah so yeah Um, wow you know one of the books i really enjoyed reading i think sometime last year was called it didn't start with you and it's i forgot the author someone's gonna have to look it up for me but it's called it didn't start with you and it talks about how generational trauma gets handed down and how we could relive like we as the descendants can relive certain traumatic moments that people before us experienced and i just think it's so wild that you had that dream it was almost as though you were having that dream on behalf of of your birth mother you know and and you may not have been there but in a way you were there because you were conceived out of that you know and so it's really interesting to have that dream and and to have that deep but complicated connection with your birth mother. Yeah. And again, I wasn't sure if I should have brought it up, but it just kind of came out. And that was out of fear of Mila listening because I know she listens to, she, she listened to my last interview, which was really sweet. She commented on it, but like, <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt her, but I feel like it's my story. So I have a right to tell it. So I, if she is listening, I want her to know that I am being considerate of, of, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Reputation. And I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I am trying to keep that in mind. But I think it's important because, you know, it's a stigma. It's a stigma oh, yeah. to not talk about this stuff. And even if this is in another country, it has nothing to do with American society. And it does. Because once again, colonization, colonialism has rippling effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know where I'm going with that. You know what, Suki? It's like, it's so interesting that you're sharing this because uh, oh so long ago when Jen was doing all these interviews via Facebook Live, we had another adoptee on the show. And I'm going to have to I'm going to have to look her up later and add it to the show notes here. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But she was conceived or she like her mother gave birth to her while in a car and then just dropped her off in someone's house and essentially abandoned her. Wait, and what's this? It, you you weren't there for it. I mean, oh, I have okay. to look it up. Yeah, yeah. This is like way back when. Like this okay. was like I have to look up. I have to. Okay, now you guys have to make me look up her name. I will look up her name while Suki is talking, and I will let you know. So you got because I know you guys are obviously <laughs> you guys are interested in this now, and you're like, okay, we must know. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I will look her up as you're talking. But for now, let me just kind of tell what I remember of her story. So her mom didn't want her, and so she, she gave birth. She like gave birth to her in a car and dropped her off into someone's doorstep. And this was taking place in, I believe, it was in California, and it was all over the news. Like even even she said that she has the footage of the day that they that they found this baby on oh, someone's wow. doorstep. And wow. fast forward to her adult life, she reconnected with her birth mother, and she wanted to bring the story to light. But because her mom was so embarrassed about it, she was like, no, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't tell anyone about it. You know, and I'm, I'm told I might be like butchering her reaction to it, but she didn't, she didn't want people to know how she gave birth to her daughter. I think her name. Okay. I'm going to look up her name. I will look up her name, but I will find it. This was back in 2017. Y'all I got to dig through my archives on Facebook and find this name right now. I can't think of it. But anyway, she, I think, I think her name is okay. I'll get back. Yeah. So anyway, the point is that she was so enraged 
that after all of this, after, you know, being abandoned, fortunately being adopted into an amazing family, to reuniting with her birth mother, to her birth mother telling her to not tell the story. She was so enraged by this that she decided she was going to write a memoir <laughs> of, of her experience. And now I have to check in with her to see if she's, if she, if she's actually doing it. I think her name is Ali Moreno. I will look this up on Facebook right now. That name's coming back to me. I think it's Ali Moreno. I will look it up. But it's so fascinating that you're sharing this because it seems to me that there's this shame around giving up your child for adoption. And here you are and, and, my, and my friend who, who I end up meeting and they're so full of energy and life and optimism and love and compassion and knowing where you come from it's kind of like, wow, to me, I take that as like the driving force as to why, you know, you are who you are today, but also because you're so fortunate to have such an amazing family to raise you. But very interesting how your two stories kind of connect. And now I'm gonna have to look her up. Like I said, I'll look her up and I'll put it somewhere here. But, you know, thank you for sharing. That's what came to mind for me. Yeah, that's the first time I heard you say that you had another adoptee in this whole Tifa community. Man, we're learning so much about each other. <laughs> I know, I know, man. I can't yeah. love to connect. Yeah, with her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> well, I'm. Um, we'll we'll take a quick break here to give a couple of shout outs because I I know we just addressed an incredibly heavy topic here. Also, I think Rachel's still here. So Rachel, thank you for joining. I'm going to just, this is going to be my, my running joke now that Rachel's still here. So Rachel, if you're still here, we're so glad you're still here. Yeah. Just a quick shout out to a couple of people who joined us recently. We got Bay Bea, Marissa Seitz, Bro Hochos, Suzaro Chang. I'm totally butchering all of your usernames. Please mm-hmm. forgive me. We have Ace Antonio and uh, hey. Jan Carpio. Hey. Yeah. And Bago.LA. And our Felicera, who joined us last time, PV Victa. <laughs> y'all welcome, by the way. I hope you all are laughing right now as I'm trying to pronounce this. GT Velasco. Those are all the people who have joined us so far. Rachel's still here. Rachel's still here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Marisa site says, hi, y'all. Hey, by the way, if you all have anything to add, I'm looking at the chat. Clearly, I'm saying hi to all of you. And I keep mentioning Rachel because it's it's funny now. And we, we love and appreciate Rachel. But if you have anything you want to add or anything you want to share or any questions you want to ask Suki, please, please go ahead and ask it because I I'm I'm on live, but I'm recording here. But I do see y'all in my peripheral peripheral. I just wanted you guys to know that. Peripheral. So I just want to take that quick break there and, you know, just kind of reset. We're addressing a lot of heavy stuff today and for the holidays. <laughs> Actually, that is going to be my last question I'm going to get to at the end of this because I know you have a lot of exciting things going on. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump back in. So so yeah, reuniting with your birth mother. You had a chance, you recently shared a, a video on Instagram stories that I reshared of you actually, was it reuniting or like meeting her for the first time in that video on our IG stories that you all can check out? you know, at this very moment, if you wanted to, was that the first time or? Yeah, no, it- that's the first time I physically met her in person. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like? <laughs> very, very surreal, but calm. Yeah. It wasn't like, well, I kind of knew that I wouldn't cry, but I knew that I wasn't going to be like indifferent or like, yeah, oh, this is not what I expected. I had a feeling it was going to be kind of like Rose reverse where I was going to be like the doting, caring adult, like, Mm. You know, comforting the child. That's that's what it felt like. Like I was comforting a child who was like crying out for its mom in a way because mm-hmm. she 
was quiet when I walked in because I was like looking for her. I was like, where is she? Because <laughs> she was there mm-hmm. waiting in the house because they can't take her because she's blind everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. So when they picked me up from the airport and brought me to her house, she was quietly sitting there. And when I saw her, I just like went up to her and I just hugged her and spoke. And I said, like, I think I said, Mabuhai Nanai, uh, pizza. And it was just like, <laughs> like, my, that's not how a woman sounds like crying, but, uh, sound like a machine gun. No, it was, <laughs> we know what you meant. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> and it was just like, so there's a video, um, it's not in that compilation video that you reshared. It's a part where she, you just see her groping me because she's she's blind, and you just see her groping me. She's just like doing that, and like Love it. all over the boobs, like feeling my thighs. It's just a funny looking video because as that's happening, Mila's trying to get a selfie of us, being like, "Ah, Mabuhai!" Like, look at my sister Disney. getting groped. <laughs> Everyone's exactly. so excited. Yeah, and I captioned the video. Oh, that my birth mother is blind. That is why mm. she's groping me because <laughs> not everyone knows that. So it was a very simple, casual, but exciting, but, you know, mixed feelings. You, you never experience one single emotion. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't say I was like overwhelmed to the point of crumbling to the ground, unable to move. But it was exciting. It was exciting. It was it's still surreal. I, I think back to the times I was with her and how I wish I could slow down and spend more time with her because it was just go, go, go since day one, you know, like yeah. seeing places, meeting extended family. Everyone wanted to meet me. I mean, we did get a nice first three days. Just us, my ate, my niece, and Nanai. We did get our first like two days together. So that was nice. And that was in Irga City. So wow, that was cool. Irga City, seeing Mount Irga or Asog, I think it's called sometimes. I don't know what anyone here knows about Irga City, but it's basically a couple of jeepneys and tricycles away from the Legazpi Airport by the Mayon Volcano, if you want a mm. sense of geographical reference. So I'm glad we got those first couple of days together, just us, in this rental that Mila got us, um, mm-hmm. so that we could be out of Mila's boyfriend's house, because <laughs> that was the alternative. <laughs> that was the alternative. And You're so, like, yeah, no. I remember the the love and effort and the sweat, just like us trying to communicate on which uh, rental to get before I arrived. Like it was just a lot of messaging and videos of Mila exploring different rentals that we could both agree on because um, we wanted away from the noise. We needed it cheap, but we didn't want it smelly or like didn't have any security. Like there, that whole setup just to like find a place for just us for the three first days was important. <laughs> And yeah. we got it. We got it. And we wouldn't have had stayed there the whole time, but I got so excited meeting all of our extended family. We ended up not staying in that rental the whole time and more with my cousins in Bili. Mm-hmm. Bili is under Mount Isorog, and Mount Isorog is famous for its Hibiscus Hotel, for those who might know or don't know. Hibiscus Hotel oh. on, on Mount Isorog. And it was one of my favorite highlights of the trip because. The pool was like split into three different levels. So like it had this waterfall cascading look wow. to it. And so you could kind of like enjoy your own pool if you wanted because everyone on, for some reason on the top tier 
was like playing a game where like they're waiting for the water with spoons <laughs> in their mouths and eggs or, or balloons. I think it was balloons, water balloons. And then <laughs> so I got this middle pool all to myself and I was like sliding, parkouring back and forth on the like tiled patio that was under my little waterfall. And like I did that the whole time. And, and I did that with like my niece, so my Ate's daughter and my other niece or other cousin's niece or cousin's daughter. How's, what do you call your cousin's daughter? Can we have a separate word? Second cousin, but I would just say because of the age difference, at least in my family, it's more so like a generational thing, whether someone's your aunt. Like I have a lot of aunties that are technically my second cousins, but because of the age difference, I just call them auntie. <laughs> uh, I feel like this should be just a separate word from not like, it shouldn't be just like second cousin or a second cousin removed. It should just be a completely separate word. I agree. There needs to be like a new term that someone yeah. comes up with. Like, you know how like we say a knock versus mm-hmm. like yeah. son or daughter, you know? Like, yeah, 2022, here we are. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know where to go from there. I was talking about the first days in Irrigus City. Oh, yeah. And like, that was nice too, because I got to really get to know my niece. Like, my niece mm. has been... Uh, part of my life in the recent couple of years, she's like five, six years old. And I was, she was always there whenever I was Skyping Mila. So it was just nice to get to hang out with her and Mila and our nanai. We danced in the rain. The neighbors were watching. They were like, who's this weird American girl dancing in the rain? That rain is gross. Like, get out of there. <laughs> but they were smiling at the same time. They're like, ah, because, you know, I'm with a cute little five-year-old. So why wouldn't they smile? And then... Uh, I remember that the first day was also like my search for a Kali stick. So I did I mm. tell you about our Filipino martial arts Kali? No, I don't um, think so. Yeah, we have a badass native martial arts ladies. And so it's called, nice. uh, I think it's called Balintawak, or I think that's the umbrella term, but I usually refer to it as Kali. And we have an extremist stick. And my first day there already, when Mila brought us to the market, to grocery shop, I was already on the search for a, a like more authentic Filipino martial arts. Ooh, yes. It's just a normal looking bamboo stick, but it's used, you know, for practice. This is not the one I found in the market. It took me a whole week to finally be like, I, I can't find a stick. Like, and then I turned to my kuya. I was like, can you make me a stick? And he was like, yeah. And all of our relatives are like, yeah, she's been like accumulating sticks in the house. <laughs> you just make her her own. She's not happy <laughs> with it. So. It was very special. Oh, I'm so excited. You have no idea. He actually took the remains from the Nipa hut that my cousin was making for a guest house behind his house. And so he took those remains and like, you know, cut it to the length that would fit in the suitcase home and, <laughs> and, and varnished it. So this is like the same material from the Nipa house, which I got to Aww. help. I got to help build sort of like I helped shovel the cement and I got a lot of we got a lot of patriarchal vibes from that crew, from that construction <laughs> crew. They were just like, I just, they were just like, they wouldn't give me the shovel. Even though my, my bean son, my cousin was like, oh, Suki's going to help. They, no one gave me a shovel. And I kept having to be like, Filipino assertiveness, American assertiveness. I was like, give me that shovel. I want to yeah. help. And so I ended up like almost getting into this co- speed competition of who could shovel the fastest because I was a lift <laughs> operator my Stone Mountain Resort job. You're like, I can do this. <laughs> yes. And so, like, I could, it wasn't, it wasn't officially established, but you could feel it in the air of, like, me competing with this one other guy. 
But like, <laughs> and I couldn't, but at the same time, I couldn't tell if it was a competition or just them trying to like get the cement to the spot inside before it cooled over. Mm. <laughs> so like, anyway, that was a, that was a fun experience because I was getting to witness Anipa um, right there in the backyard of my, my cousin. So that was one of my highlights, despite the, the unnecessary competition I felt in the air. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. And it's like, like do y'all know who I am? I'm Suki. I'm a parkour coach. I climb buildings. Exactly. I did do I'm that. I'm strong. I, I did try to climb on top of the Nipa. There's there's half excitement and half like, no, we're trying to build that thing. <laughs> um, and I, That's yeah, not stable, I, Suki. <laughs> definitely drew a crowd. Everyone was there. Just like people I didn't know. Like some people from the pastor community because my cousin is a pastor. He has his own chapel oh my. in his wow. house. And this wow. is the place where I stay most of the time. So, like, you have his house, but then you have this giant cement indoor-walled-in chapel where people could bike, play, do their church service because they're a Christian. So a lot of Christian services were always going on. So people would just come in and out, in and out, like, just strangers, like, getting comfortable, helping clean dishes, grabbing food. Mm-hmm. And these were the community that was there. On the day that I happened to be there, like, shoveling cement, trying to prove myself. And it's funny that you say that, like, that they're all like, yeah, yeah, Suki parkour, didn't you know? Because at the same time, Air, cousin Aaron, the pastor, the cousin, he was like, yes, this is my cousin from Texas. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not from Texas. I have established that. And I'm like, it's a hat. It's, I, don't, I don't know if he's trying to show off with a hat or if he truly thinks I'm from Texas. And he kept saying that in his Facebook post. So that was funny. For some reason, he like got that stuck in his head. He was like, "No, she's from Texas." Uh huh. And I told this to my relatives, and they were like, "Just, just let him have it. <laughs> He's celebrating you. He, he's excited." Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. Wow. So that yeah, it's, it sounds like you really, really got a lot out of your experience in the Philippines, and I have to say, it, it gives me hope and relief knowing that. The Philippines can be so fun to visit family. And, you know, I, on the other hand, I didn't have the best experience like visiting family over, it was like some time ago now. I don't remember what year. It was like 2008 or something. But it was, uh, it, it's nice to know what I'm trying to say that is that it's nice to know that there are safe places, safe environments, you know, for you to really experience all these things and, you know, kind of like give back. Uh, in that capacity. And I think that's a, you know, that's a really, really beautiful thing. Yeah, I think that we all have such just different experiences with uh, our trips to the motherland that we're all coming at it from different angles. And like, Jen, I understand why you're saying that. I know, Suki, if you've listened to our older interviews, our, you know, first round of interviews that we did on the Tifa project, you probably also do understand why she's saying that. And for me, you know, I just visited for the first time in 2020, right before, literally right as COVID was hitting. So it's just like interesting to see all these different timestamps. Like, you know, Jen, when you were there, it was like in the younger years of your life or like your teenage years. And for Suki and I, it's more so in our adult years and like definitely at different places in our journeys, you know, for Mm -hmm. all three of us. And so I think that there's just the way that I left feeling was like, I didn't get to do enough of that. I didn't get to go see my family because the volcano erupted. I didn't get to see where my dad was born. I didn't get to like connect with 
kind of my heritage line in that way. I just got to kind of bounce around and explore the party areas and the fun stuff and that kind of thing. So there's like, it just left me wanting to go back and find more of those spaces where it was safe to do that exploration. And I think that ideally is what I was trying to say. It would be really nice to have the opportunity to do that together, like in a community like this, where we already have had our individual experiences and shared them with each other and, you know, juxtapose them with each other and to go back and maybe like, I mean, I don't know who might be able to lead that process or what, but there's just so much to explore over there and so much opportunity to reshape our relationship with our roots, you know, just Mm -hmm. like you've done on your trip. And that continues to unfold as, you know, after you've gotten back. And for Jen, I know you've been hesitant to go back for your reasons and it's not like really an attractive thing in your mind. But I just wonder like how we could bring the collective experience, like digital or virtual experience that we've created with each other here, because it's been so life changing and so just like moving the needle forward for our community here, like what that might look like over there. Yeah, word. So if anyone is an expert in travel Mm -hmm. that would like to plan for our, I'm going to say 2030 or maybe sooner, maybe 2025, year 2025. Well, I'm young and dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's a good idea to go when we're still young. <laughs> so if anyone is a, a travel expert um, and knows all the safe places, and if you need me to elaborate, I will be more than happy to tell you that privately. We're open to it. <laughs> but we're open to ideas. And with that being said, let me go ahead and give a couple of shout outs here in the chat. Of course, Rachel comes through once again. So name did come to me correctly. Ali Moreno was the other adoptee, the first adoptee that was on our show way back in 2017. I actually private messaged you the link already, Suki, but she was episode eight back in my Facebook live days, which I can't believe you're going to go. I I know you're going to watch this. And I'm just like, don't tell me what I sounded like at that time, because that was like five, like five years ago now. Like, oh, my goodness. I just I, I can't even like imagine going back there. But feel free to watch it. Focus more on the message, not on Jen. Like, don't tell me anything about me. But Rachel shared it in the chat here. um, Ali Moreno, episode eight on Facebook. And honestly, I have no idea what she's been up to nowadays. Ali, if you happen to watch this, hi, (laughs) great to connect with you again. But you came to mind for me in hearing Suki's story. And Suki, I hope you have a chance to connect with her. And if you do, I I hope that you two have a chance to bond and, and see what kind of friendship fosters from that. And then Rachel also, uh, despite her being quiet in the chat, she's also in the chat. And she said, I can totally see Suki as a stunt woman, you know, head out west to L.A. and meet some film people. Rachel is actually very involved in the film industry, to my understanding. So I'm sure you can ping Rachel and she'll tell you more about it. And Rachel also, again, is Rachel, thank you for being so engaging in our IG live, by the way. Like, if you all have anything to say, feel free to comment. But Rachel, we just love your constant engagement. Rachel says, I've never seen this episode of Ali Moreno. I saw an episode with Jen and a mother on. Oh, that's right. <laughs> there was this one episode juice? where I was uh, going live with Filipina, who happened to be a principal of her school. I forgot which school it was, but she welcomed me into her house to make Filipino juice. I forgot which one it was exactly. I think it was like melon juice. But yeah, thanks for watching that, Rachel. You just brought me back to 2017. I don't really want to go back there. I mean, I can go back there, but I really don't want to go back there. And, you know, those are the early stages of this project. 
And I'm just really happy to know that these stories are making a comeback, you know, because of these kinds of conversations that we're having. So thank you all so much. And to Jules in Vermont gives a hundred hundred emoji. So thank you for being here. Also, Sandra Nomoto and also Felipe Lucena. Thank you for being here. Abigail Tess Fay, I believe is the username. Mike the Tank 802. Maddie, Michelle, Rachel, Kako. Please let me know if I'm saying that wrong. Y'all can correct me, by the way. I'm just trying my best to read. Gardenia Apo Apothera. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm going to spell this. No, Gardenia Apo the Carry. Oh my gosh. I bet people are like laughing right now. They're like, that is not how you pronounce my you. What is it, Nani? Apothecary. Yeah. Gardenia Apothecary. Okay. Thank you guys. Thank you for the team effort here. (laughs) So I'm not the only one butchering names. But uh, wow. I mean, we covered a lot today, Suki. And, you know, as we have entered this hour and for everyone that has stuck it out, wow, thank you all so much. You know, as we enter this final hour, I just want to make sure that you've been able to share everything you wanted to share. I know that you, you know, shared some some questions you wanted us to ask you, you know, some things you want to address. I already asked you the questions that I wanted to know the most, especially about your birth mother. But is there anything else before I ask my final question that you feel compelled to sharing so that you feel like you've, you know, kind of fully made your piece and really thanking your community for supporting us on biasboba.com to, you know, bring you on our show today? Um, I meant to add from the last interview that, if you, again, if you plan to adopt, I really hope you put a lot of effort in constantly learning with them about their heritage and that that never stops because like yeah that's just constant work it's constant work for me right now and i hope that you adopt someone especially of color who has a rich heritage that you you consider what they'll go through and that might that experience whether negative or positive will always change depending on the context depending on where they live depending on the times, political, heated times. It's never just going to be this like one answer you, you might research online. It will have to always depend on them, their personal experience and their interpretation. Because I do notice that in the world of adoption, that it's common for people to adopt and, and, and kind, of, kind of brainwash their kids. This is obviously mm-hmm. not the case for all. There's a lot of happy adoption stories out there, but there are a lot of horrifying stories out there that don't end well. And sometimes that can look like brainwashing. Sometimes that can look like abuse. Sometimes that looks like just just like subtle but still harmful negligence of, of someone's culture, not like talking about it with them, celebrating it whenever they like find out something about it, or even being bothered by other BIPOC struggles like their BIPOC struggle will be the struggle of other BIPOCs and vice mm-hmm. versa. Sometimes I see racism toward one, but not toward another. And it's all collective, what we call collective liberation. So I think you should listen and learn from the collective BIPOC struggle because that might apply to your child, even if their child is not of that ethnic group. And yeah, that is the emotional side of it that people don't think about. Yeah. Totally. Identity is an ever-evolving subject. And I think that when you adopt someone, you know, there are like a variety of motivating factors in that, which I can't speak to because I've never adopted anyone, but I can only imagine. And like you said, 
it's constant work to a not only understand and constantly want to dig deeper into how you identify, but especially if you are bringing up a child in your home who is not like you, and you know you are supposed to be the one responsible for guiding them in life. How can you not kind of also dive into their culture and help them connect with it as well? But I imagine that's a very challenging process on all accounts. So yeah, I just am. I don't know your parents, obviously, your adopted parents beyond meeting your mom on our last interview call, but she seemed extremely supportive. And, you know, just in where you're at in your journey today, I know that they had to have at least some hand in that. And I'm grateful that they did because that's how you found us. And that's how you've kind of catapulted yourself into this process of learning who you are and what that means and what your Filipino heritage means to you. So yeah, I'm just, again, absorbing it all. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's a lot. And like, in addition, I think it's also important that if you don't find that support when you're trying to like connect with your heritage, if you don't find that from your adopted family, I hope you find that with another chosen family. Mm. And sometimes you have to keep them separate. Sometimes that group is going to be the one that helps you, even if you want that group to be the one that helps you. And yeah. that may take real talk forever or over time. Yeah. To realize that you're at, at your own pace. So yeah. Adoption. <laughs> There's a lot to learn about it. <laughs> I'm still learning Absolutely. about it. Yeah. 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 I want to just mention a couple comments here. So shout out to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this because that's what I do. I just want to welcome people who just joined us. Shit. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> I think oh. is the username. Shenanigans. Yeah, that's how I yeah. read it too. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's not, not just me. Hello. So JT Velasco says, Suki, such a moving story. A shout out to welcome Mary, Marianne, Marianario, Marianne. Oh my gosh, y'all, please forgive me. It's Friday. It's seven o'clock here, almost 730. So bear with me and thank you in advance for understanding. And I hope you find this as a form of entertainment that I'm mispronouncing everything. Cindy Jadeas and we have Jules says, love you, Suki. And our Panetta. Yeah, our our Panetta 702. Thanks for joining us. We just had Ivan join us. And uh, again, JT Velasco says, such important advice and wisdom. Ah, wow. Lots to take in today, y'all. I would like to end on a optimistic note. Not that this wasn't optimistic to begin with, but it's the holiday season. And Suki, your schedule this holiday season is, is crazy. So tell us like what you have going on and how it is a manifestation really of this journey you've been on, especially all year of embracing who you are as, as a Panay. So I do count today as part of this, one of those big Filipino events, this interview, but also tomorrow is my first Filipino Christmas party. And so not only am I going to experience it, but I'm going to be performing in it. I'll be singing a Tagalog song, trying to. I'm going to be trying my first time tinikling, the tinikling band. Oh my gosh, yes. We've been rehearsing that on weekends. Not enough, in my opinion, personally, for my sake. (laughs) And then what's the other one? Oh, I'm giving a speech, just like a speech. uh, Okay. I'm polishing. Wow. You're like leading this whole event. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not, and yet it feels like it, but I know I'm not. I'm not even See, doing, see you're, I, you're warming up. Any. Like, this is your warm-up to your speech tomorrow. I guess You're so. welcome. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but it's not just tomorrow's Christmas 
Filipino party. There's one on December 17th, and that is a beauty pageant that I've been asked to participate in. But I'm like, how do yes. I get sponsored? Because people are saying something about sponsors. Like, how does that work? And I'm just like, oh my god. Oh and then yeah, the beauty pageant me, world is like a really intense world in Filipino mm-hmm. culture. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. you know, add that to how do you get sponsored? Like, I can't even imagine. Like, and I'm here we go. Here's your platform. Minute. Who wants to sponsor Suki? Yeah, seriously. For the beauty pageant. <laughs> Please ping her. Ping her I, I on IG. Address. <laughs> yes. Oh, and Ivan is asking, what song are you going to be singing? Uh, Tuxco, 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 Tuxco by e- Ava, Eva. Shit, hold up. Hey, we're all you mispronouncing thought, today. You thought you, thought you were butchering it. No, I have it right here. I have it right here. <laughs> okay. I was seeing this. I shouldn't have how to pronounce this word. It's in the song. Tuxto by Eva Eugenio. Eva Eugenio. It's a popular song. So it's, but it's a song that means a lot to me because one, it was the first Filipino song I've ever learned because mm. it was my first karaoke night with my aunt. I met all my aunts at once in the village that I was born in. And this was all happening in the same night. So like, it has a lot of meaning, this song to me. It was the first thing that was stuck in my head whenever I woke up missing the Philippines. So I decided Mm. to learn it. And then people heard me sing it on my social media and they asked me to sing it um, at the event tomorrow. So December 17th, (laughs) beauty pageant. I don't even know if I should participate in it because I'm just like, I might be doing too much. But then like, then after that, someone asked me to try to sing the Filipino national anthem, which I've never heard. Oh, man. (laughs) That's an epic song. And I'm just like, now we have to hear you sing because if all these people are asking you to sing all these songs, then you must be good. (laughs) Well, it's on my Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay yeah well suki is a singer bt dubs she is a singer to get lost in underscore ninja on instagram <laughs> <laughs> and i will i will share it with you you know how i like to share with tifa on all platforms so i'll share it yeah if, if it's good if it's a good performance i might <laughs> if yeah, it's a good, if I, oh my God. I might shit my pants uh, we will we will embrace it anyway, especially if you shit your pants. <laughs> we would love to see yeah, that because yeah, yeah, we love yeah. you. That's that's where Hero comes in. Hero, sing with me, cry with me. <laughs> I'll feel better having a baby willing with me. Um, hey, he will gladly take over the vocals. <laughs> right? Yes. So yeah, that's all happening. Beauty pageant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Oh, Ivan, Ivan is asking, is it Tuxo? Like T-U-K-S-O? Yes. Okay, there you go. There you go, there Ivan. You go. Yeah. Answer your question. <laughs> yeah. Well, look at that. I hope that we did justice to the community that wanted you to share your story again, Suki. Mm-hmm. Nani, do you feel like there's anything else we should ask Suki before we wrap up here? I think that I'm just so used to being in regular conversation with Suki that... <laughs> If nothing is coming to mind now, I know that when it does, you know, I have a million places that I can reach out to her for. So I feel privileged in that way, in the sense that I'm not listening to this recording as like my one opportunity to hear Suki speak. So with that in mind, I don't have anything at this time that we haven't already asked, but it is going to be marinating for, you know, the next few days and I'm sure it will bring up a lot of different conversation topics and the next time that we have Suki on 
you know, hopefully we can continue to dive into how her interpretations of her own identity and connection with her culture are continuing to unfold. I love that you're just like diving head in with all of, you know, the dances and the singing and the performing and the beauty pageants and everything. Like now you're going to get a real taste of Filipino culture (laughs) in the competitive (laughs) world. You know, here we're very mindful to have the opposite kind of vibe. So I think it will be interesting for you to experience those other kinds of spaces and just compare and contrast. So looking forward to hearing all of your reflections as you go through this month and all the different commitments that you've made and how you end up liking them. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll check in with you later. <laughs> yeah, That'll be some yeah definitely a check-in episode. Yeah. yeah, check with me. Check with me in twenty twenty three. Love it. Well, there you have it, y'all. Suki, why don't you remind our listeners if they want to connect with you, how can they find you? So mostly on Instagram, cowgirl underscore ninja. I also put in my bio a link to my video compilation of my whole visit of meeting mm-hmm. my birth family. So yes. That's there. And then you can also contact me on Tifa's Discord and Tifa's Reflection Series <laughs> and Tifa's newsletter. I mean, I, I can't talk to you through that, but you'll, you'll, you'll see my words in their newsletter here and there. Yeah. Or just DM me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, Suki, we're incredibly, incredibly grateful for, for you. And I know that you have been you know, uh, going a thousand miles per minute to really embrace who you are as a Panay. And uh, know if you need to hear this, but I just want to say this to you directly. You are Filipino enough. And I hope that I hope that sticks with you. You are Filipino enough and your existence and your story and just, you know, your light is incredibly appreciated. And I know that for people joining us live, shout out to the last people that trickled in here. Higgs Bosun and Henry Oregon. Oh, Sean. Hi, Sean. (laughs) I see you on IG Live. And Rachel, I'm going to give Rachel a shout out one more time because she hasn't said goodbye yet. So I'm assuming she's still here. (laughs) And yeah, we just want to thank you all. If you joined us from the very beginning, uh, you'll see that we had some technical surprises is is how I reframe it now. And I think this is all just worth it. And it was all well spent with these conversations. And uh, as a reminder to you all, as we wrap up, if you want to continue to engage with us, just know that we have our free five-day reflection series. If you don't know what it is, you could definitely ask Suki. It's free. All you have to do is join us on Instagram and ask us. You can private message us and ask us, Rachel's still here. (laughs) Rachel's still here, y'all. Hashtag Rachel is still here. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope you're enjoying this. I'm I'm giving you a lot of attention, Rachel, because I know we're not going to see you for the book club and probably the vision board. So uh, we're definitely going to miss you. So thank you for joining us live as we wrap up here. I and mean, everyone else, of course, that has been joining us this whole time. Also, as a reminder, we do have our last book club. Club. I think at the time of this recording, it comes out. We're already going to have had the book club, or I think it might happen the end of the day, but check the show notes of this episode of when it comes out to see what our next update is for the book club series. And on December 27th, Tuesday, December 27th, we are having our free vision board event. This is an opportunity for you to you know, set your goals, objectives, your hopes, your dreams, your desires for 2023. We're all going to get together and uh, via Zoom to create our vision boards together. If you don't know what it is, Suki has recently learned what a vision board is. So you can direct message her and ask her directly, <laughs> what is a vision board? 
or listen to our recordings earlier in this message, but we would or love to Rachel. have all of you. <laughs> or Rachel, or Rachel, <laughs> because Rachel's still here. <laughs> and yeah, we would love to have you. Any questions you have on anything we talked about, just private message us. And we have Brunette Cookie, who just joined us toward the very end. We're about to wrap up here, but thank you for joining us live. And that's it, y'all. We're just going to wrap up. Happy holidays, Suki. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank your community for uh, advocating for you to be back on the show with a vengeance. And we were just so happy to have this conversation. Nani, any final closing thoughts for Suki and for our community? No, just that it's always a good time with you. And again, I'm looking forward to our vision board or our book club or wherever the next opportunity that we're going to get to talk to you and hang out with you in this virtual world again. And I hope that for our vision board exercise, all of y'all here on Instagram will be joining us. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. We'll have yeah. all that information in the show notes of this episode, or you could always private message us or DM us on DM means direct message for our podcast listeners that don't know what DM means. You can direct message us on Instagram. There's lots of ways to stay in touch with us. And with that said, thank you all so much for joining us. And we will chat with you. All. Oh, wait, one more thing. So Rachel says, thanks for sharing your story, Suki. Happy holidays, all. Yes. Thank you, Happy Rachel. holidays, everyone. Thank Happy you. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Happy holidays. Have a great weekend. And we'll chat with you all soon. Take care for now. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. Do you want to continue to be part of the conversation? Then join our Discord community for free today. Check out the link in the show notes to join us now. And don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter for the latest show updates and episode releases. The link is also available in the show notes. Lastly, if you wish to support us on our journey, consider showing us some love on biasboba.com. That's all for now. Chat with you next time. Yay! (laughs) 